Hi, and thank you for joining Dating While Black's radio podcast. Dating While Black was created to open real dialogue between the sexes in hopes that it will foster positive exchange and help cultivate our communities. The radio segments will address issues that relates to the world, our communities, relationships, and everything in between. So sit back, relax, and we hope you enjoy this segment. In the previous episode, we covered the narcissistic personality disorders. I discussed traits, characteristics, and the cycle amongst many other things. In that episode, I promised a short follow-up segment over the abuse cycle and tactics used by narcissists in attempt to go into a little bit more detail. So this episode is about me fulfilling that promise. So sit back, hang tight, get your notebook out, and let's dive in. In order to truly understand the narcissist relationship cycle and the taxes that they use, one must understand what narcissistic supply is. So, by definition, narcissistic supply is a pathological or excessive need for attention or admiration from codependents that does not take into account the feelings, opinions, or preferences of other people. And I'll say that again. By definition, narcissistic supply is a pathological or excessive need for attention or admiration from codependents that does not take into account the feelings, opinions, or preferences of other people. In simpler terms, narcissists need others to validate their inflated sense of importance. And this is fulfilled by individuals providing a lot of a lot of attention and a disproportionate amount of admiration. Now the attention can be negative or positive, but it has to fulfill the narcissist's need to be validated regardless of merit. And this is what narcissistic supply is in a nutshell. Narcissistic supply to a narcissist <laughs> Is like crack cocaine to a crack addict. But there is a caveat. It has been my experience in romantic relationships that as long as the narcissist deem you as a valuable source of supply, they will continue to keep you around. Understand that the moment that the narcissist deems their victims, significant others, as not no longer valuable or not as valuable as they were in the beginning, then the high is gone and at that point they are often on the hunt for someone else or other people to, to fulfill that void and fill that need. The danger in this is that the victims are often subject to varying degrees of emotional abuse and manipulation throughout the entire uh, relationship. Now that you have been briefed over narcissistic supply, we can move on to the narcissistic uh, relationship cycle. So there are 
I consider there are three phases. You can search and there's some text that will argue that there's four phases. Um, but for the most part, the majority of the um, information that I found supports that there's only three. Three phases. So the first phase is called the adoration phase or the idealization phase. Um, and this generally happens at the beginning of the cycle. It can be considered as the honeymoon phase. The relationship in this cycle, the narcissist, excuse me, the narcissist usually sees their significant other in a good light. This is when the narcissist pulls out all stops and begins to put their best foot forward. Many victims say that they are happiest at this phase of the cycle. The narcissist at this phase is like I said, doing whatever they can to reel you in. Which is how people get caught up in the first place and essentially addicted to the narcissist because they're doing everything right. At some point, however, the narcissist shifts in the relationship dynamic changes. Even throughout the adoration or idealization phase, the narcissist is still and very very, very manipulative, okay? And the victim doesn't see this because the victim is so into the relationship at this point that they are literally blinded to things. And some of that, a lot of times people do turn a blind eye, on, you know, purposefully. And then some people just can't see that, can't see anything wrong with anything that this person is doing. That is the adoration phase, idolization phase, okay? The next phase is the devaluation phase. During this phase, the narcissist mask begins to slip off. It's not off, but it begins to, to adjust. This is when the victim begins to get a glimpse of who they are really dealing with, okay? This is the time in which the narcissist is no longer treating the victim the same as they did during the uh, earlier phase. The narcissist sees the victim as not as valuable as they were in the beginning. I feel personally that during this phase, the abuse, uh, this during this phase, the abuse is a little bit... Um, well, I won't even say a little bit. It is a lot harsher, in my opinion, a little bit more harsh than it was during the adoration phase. Um, you know, the narcissist begins to show or show his contempt for the victim in some of the most heinous ways. During this phase, the victim is oftentimes subjected to uh, abuse and more cruel methods of manipulation. And sometimes the narcissist goes back from devaluating devaluation phase to the idolization phase just to kind of keep the victim, you know, off of, you know, kind of keep them un unbalanced and unaware of what's what's going to happen. It's, it's a game to the narcissist. So the devaluation phase is when, again, the narcissist no longer sees 
their their victim or significant other as valuable so they start to change how they they treat um, their their partner the next phase is the discard phase at this point the narcissist is pretty much done with the victim they've sucked them up they've used them up they've drained them and in most cases they've already secured a new victim during the discard phase the mask is completely off now it's up to the victim to determine to make a decision um, to see it for what it is right and that is true that is true regardless of what phase um, the relationship is but during the discard phase there is no more of them being consistently good to you okay the mask is completely off. They're showing you who they are. Um, and the discards, sometimes, depending on um, if you stay or if you're trying to work things out and trying to get things back to the way they were when things were great or the way you when you felt the best uh, about the relationship, the discard can be very abrupt, very callous. You know, sometimes uh, they'll slowly, slowly dump and drop off of the relationship. And then sometimes it's not conducive for them to completely discard you because maybe they're getting some other type of supply from you or some other type of support. Uh, but during the discard phase, there is no question the narcissist is done with you as a um, primary source of their narcissistic supply you're no longer as important and this is really when the relationship ends most narcissists at this time they you see how, who they are and they are a lot of times they're out of there sometimes people never hear from the narcissist again sometimes it's uh, here one day gone the next okay so those are the three phases, um, the adoration phase, when everything is perfect, so it seems, the devaluation phase, when they start treating you poorly, and then the discard phase is when they are basically exiting the relationship. And now that you understand the cycles, you can sort of determine when tactics that narcissists used are most effective. In the previous episode, I listed about 12 or 13 different tactics that they use. I am going to introduce a few tactics I didn't mention in the previous episode, as well as go over a couple of the tactics that I previously mentioned. Okay, uh, Different tactics are used when the narcissist suits it best. Certain Techniques don't work on all victims, okay? So they kind of modify and determine what works best on you and when it's most beneficial for them to, to do so. So as I go through um, these, I'm going to go through nine, I want you to start thinking about what cycles you think narcissists may use these different tactics or where it may be most effective uh, so I'll jump into the first one love bombing 
Now, love bombing is, according to psychology today, love bombing is a practice of overwhelming someone with signs of adoration and attraction. Basically, it's not genuine. And they do it such in a sense where it seems like it's over the top. Okay. Love bombing, a lot of times, um, a lot of times people can see through love bombing. Uh, they can know, they may not know what's happening, but they're thinking, wait a minute, this person's falling too, too quick or too fast. And what we have to understand is that uh, narcissists do not have the ability to experience true love. They don't know what that is. So it's only fitting that if they're trying to manipulate you, that they're doing so by showing you love, but they may be showing too much too soon, too quick. Uh, because they're not, they don't know how it feels. They don't understand that it takes time and that it's gradual. A lot of times people love bomb that are not narcissists, right? Sometimes people push through, act like they love and care about a person just so they can get whatever it is that they, they want out of that person. Be it sex, be it money, be it attention, whatever. A lot of times people love bomb just because you're love bombing or have been, excuse me, just because you've been love bombed or someone is love bombing doesn't make them a narcissist. Just definitely got to understand that. But narcissists, you typically use love bombing in the beginning to, in the beginning of the cycle, right, to um, basically soften the heart of their victim, to gain um, an advantage, to gain, to gain the person's trust, and to fake bond with that person, okay? So, love bombing. Next tactic uh, that I'll discuss is mirroring. During the love bombing phase, the narcissist is keep trying to find out as much as they can find out about you. And if you're falling for them, you're giving up. You're 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 trying to reciprocate that. You're you're sharing experiences with them, as well as your past experiences. They are learning you, and. A lot of times, if you think about it, as human beings, we tend to gravitate and bond with people who are much like us. And I'm not talking about necessarily uh, physical, but saying people that have the same experiences or are in certain um, environments. You may start to bond with a co-worker that had you guys never worked together, worked in the same department, that maybe on the street you would have probably never talked to. Uh, you have, but before you know it, after a few weeks, few months, few years of working together, you've formed and bonded a relationship because you have something in common. You work at the same place. You hate the same boss or whatever. It is bonding. It is a natural progression of a relationship. So when a narcissist is trying to bond with you, they start mirroring, a mirroring tactic. Um, they want to bond and connect with you on a deep level. So a lot of times they try to uh, emulate the feelings that you may feel. And they may come up with stories uh, similar to stories you've told them about your life so that you guys can 
so they can create a fake bond uh, with you. Maybe you had an experience in your life that was very traumatic. They may then come up, not with the same experience, but something similar, like they're sharing something with you. Again, that is a mirroring tactics that narcissists and people that are manip manipulative, they use mirroring just to create some type of bond so that you can feel safe. Grooming is another tactic. The purpose of, only reason why anyone grooms anyone is to make them a perfect person. For narcissists, they are making you the perfect pet for them. It is another wicked manipulative technique used against their victims. And it is effective. They use what they've learned through you about you throughout the course of the relationship and attempt to manipulate and control your thoughts and actions through rewards and punishment, amongst other things. Hence, grooming you to act or behave in the way that benefits them the most. It is my belief that love bombing, mirroring, and grooming can happen at any, well, it generally, in my opinion, happens, uh, can happen at the admiration or idolization phase, which is phase one, or even phase two. I don't think it happens during the discard phase, because at that point, they're done with you, um, but... If they are, if they're trying to start the cycle again after discarding you, they make use some of these tactics to kind of reel you in. Okay, again, my opinion. Um, the next tactic I will discuss is gaslighting. The gaslighting is not new um, to to your listeners because I did speak about it in a previous uh, episode. But it's overall an attempt to make you feel like, think that you cannot trust or believe that you cannot trust your own, your own thoughts, your own recollection. You cannot depend on your own memory, okay? It is an attempt to make you think that you're going crazy. And it can make a person question their own sense of reality. Should... Um, if you want to know more about gaslighting, um, there's a lot of information available on the um, out there. You can just search it. Search gaslighting. Gaslighting, I feel, is one of the um, most um, one of the most manipulative, and I think it's one of the most commonly used traits that narcissists use. I could be wrong. But gaslighting um, is very, it can be very damaging to, to a victim if they are not strong enough or if they're blindsided. That doesn't mean that the person's weak. You can be completely blindsided and it can really take a significant psychological toll on the person. Okay, Gaslighting is a form of psychological manipulation. And this is according to, um, taking this from Wikipedia, gaslighting is a form of psychological manipulation in which a person seeks to sow seeds of doubt in a targeted individual or members of a targeted group, making them question their own memory, perception, or sanity. Okay. 
Um, there's a film that came out in 1940, in the 1940s, uh, called Gaslighting. It is a very, very interesting, uh, good, it's a good movie, it's suspenseful. Even now, as old as that movie is, it still is a, a good movie. Um, and the name of the movie, again, is Gaslighting. And as you can guess, the theme is Gaslighting. And without going into too much details about that, the movie, it's, Basically, a husband and wife move to a home, and there are things going on in the home that the wife is noticing, but the husband is not acknowledging. He even goes to the point to make her think that she is going crazy, and it has a really bad psychological toll on her because things are going on in the house, but every he's making it seem like it's not. Um, as the movie ends, you get to see what his actual um, agenda was and why he was acting the way that he was. Okay, so gaslighting. Um, another tactic that is used is baiting. Narcissists may attempt to make you act or react in a certain way in order for them to gain an advantage while making you appear unstable. Okay, so a narcissist, like I said, they learn their victims. So they know you, they know what trigger points you have, and they may throw something that may get you triggered, upset, or you may be emotional about something, and you may react in a way or overreact in a way um, that you probably wouldn't normally over overact or react or in a way that might make you feel uh, embarrassed or ashamed. So when they bait you, of course, there is a purpose behind this. They are really trying to press you and test your buttons just so that you can react in a certain way. The purpose of this is it could be anything. It could be that they want to um, make you feel bad about the way that you acted so that they can win something or have a gain uh, in some areas of the relationship. They may be baiting you to make you look crazy in a front of a group of people to basically uh, validate their, their um, things that they've said about you. Um, there is a purpose behind it, but a lot of times they'll do something that they know that will push your buttons so they can get some type of reaction, and that reaction begins to be some type of reward for them in some shape, form, or fashion. Okay, so that is, that's baiting. Another thing that narcissists do is they, they play the, the blame game where they try to blame or shame their victims, and they never, ever want to take accountability for things that they have done. Um, people do it all the time. Narcissists love doing this. They don't take accountability because the moment they start to take accountability or if they have to take accountability, it basically goes against what they need so much. They need validation that they are this wonderful person. And if they mess up or they do something bad, they don't want to take accountability because it can affect their ego in a negative way. And it can diminish 
the way other people see them. So they prefer not to take accountability for it. A lot of times a narcissist may do something that is hurtful or harmful to the relationship uh, or to their significant other. And instead of apologizing, they may just try to reward their victim with something without even acknowledging that they did something bad or something wrong. So they do the blame, shame game, and oftentimes refuse to take accountability. What's funny about this is a lot of times they want other people to take accountability for the things that they've done. You know, I would not have done this had you not done this to me. That type of thing. Like they can say, yeah, I did this, but the only reason why I did this is because you did this. Okay. The next thing or next tactic that I will go over is triangulation. A lot of times narcissists is not good enough just to basically abuse their victim just one-on-one. -on -one. Sometimes they bring in a third party. The third party is a lot of times unaware that they're d dealing with the narcissist, but that third party can be a co-worker, a good friend, a family member, um, anybody that can come in and validate the narcissist's belief that you, the victim, is wrong. Um, a lot of times this is when narcissists want to project or paint a picture of their partner. And a lot of times this is called a smear campaign. Okay, so smear campaign, uh, let me tell you real quick, that is a tactic as well. Smear campaigns are used to make their victims or a victim um, look bad okay so going back to triangulation triangulation is when the narcissist bring in a third party the third party is only receiving the information that is one-sided from the narcissist and in the fact that the narcissist like I stated before does not want to take accountability they will not take accountability or anything so while they are pleading their case to this outsider who doesn't know the full story the outsider then forms an opinion that is favorable for the narcissist and sometimes when you bring in that third party that third party say for instance it is a family family member that third party can basically or basically sides with the uh, narcissist because the narcissist has done so much of a, a job on the victim to where it only makes sense. Maybe the narcissist has been baiting the victim to act in a certain way. And this time that victim pops off, right? Or reacts in a certain way in front of the third party. Well, then that validates basically everything that the narcissist has been saying unbeknownst to the third party that this is just half of the story and that this was all just done all by design okay so triangulation is basically bringing in a third party to validate the beliefs of the narcissist without giving the full picture which is obviously manipulative in itself and unfair okay 
also, um, narcissists, they do a lot of passive-aggressive activity. And, again, just because you do passive, just because a person is passive-aggressive doesn't mean they're a narcissist. Um, but a lot of narcissists use passive-aggressive traits um, as an attempt to control and manipulate the person that they're with. Towards the end of the cycle, which is the discard phase, the narcissist um, basically results to um, taking jabs uh, towards the discard phase. And again, it can happen at any part, but a lot of times narcissists this point they don't care they're done with the relationship if you're still there for the abuse they're going to give it to you as long as they're getting some type of reaction that they deem as a valuable source of supply remember supply can be positive or negative um sometimes uh in the earlier phase the jabs that they give um are backhanded insults they're not as direct um like, they may say something about um, how you may look in a certain outfit or how your hairdo isn't, doesn't look that good. Or, you know, they'll make some type of comment. Maybe you're a woman and you got your hair cut short and the narcissist may say, wow, you look like a man. You look like my brother or you look like your brother. Of course, that may be hurtful to, to any woman. And if the victim speaks out against it, the narcissist will say, oh, that was, I was just joking with you. Okay. So a lot of times they say hurtful things and then turn around and make it seem like it's a joke. The same can be said if a woman makes a comment about, and I'm just going to, you know, kind of keep apple to apple. If, if a woman who's a narcissist has a, a spouse or a significant other whose hair is thinning, uh, and she may say something to him to say, you know what, you know, your hairline is making me, making me feel like I look old. Or, you know, your bald spot, wow, I can see my whole face in the back of your head. Things like that can be brutal. It can be um, cruel and harsh. And then if the victim speaks up and say, you know, that's fucked up or that really hurt my feelings, um, the narcissist could say, you're, you're, you're overreacting. I was just joking with you. Okay, so those are types of jabs that they do that are insults disguised as jokes if you address them about it. The later phase, uh, the jabs are just what it is. They'll say something that's really, really cruel, that is really, really hurtful to you because they're at the discard phase. There's no need to say it's a joke because they're actually done with you. They don't care about your feelings at all. Okay. Um, those are, like I said, I said I was just only going to go over a few. I can go all like I can go all day long about the different uh, tactics or techniques, but I'll let you do that homework yourself. Understand um, that being in a relationship with a narcissist is very, very draining and not worth it. 
no one signs up though to be in a relationship with a narcissist because you don't know no one's walking around with their um their <laughs> diagnosis right there for you to see right and a lot of people don't know they're they're a narcissist and you have a lot of people that's diagnosing people as being narcissists that are not even narcissists people have narcissistic traits but i will say regardless if you have been or currently with a narcissist, anyone using any type of manipulative uh, traits, tactics, tr not traits, tactics, or display uh, abusive behavior, you don't even have to figure out if they're narcissists or not. It's time for you to exit the stage. Understand that narcissistic personality disorder is extremely rare, okay? Fewer than 200,000 cases um, in the United States per year. And that is according to the Mayo Clinic. Okay. So that number may be low. Um, maybe because it's not that many people diagnosed. Or narcissists don't necessarily go to find out how well they are. Or how, not well, how sick they may be. Narcissists probably think that they're perfect, so that may attribute to why there's only a few number of people who are diagnosed with, with this type of disorder, okay? But, again, it is important to uh, make sure that anybody that you're dealing with is treating you the way you want to and the way that you deserve to be treated. Um, so since now that you're aware of the cycle, it makes more sense as to when these tactics are used and when they're most useful. So many people, so many times people are armed with this information and still want to reconcile with the narcissist, even after the, the discard phase. In my opinion, the best thing a person can do is to identify the traits, understand what has happened by researching, and get out of the relationship, get out of the cycle. It is not worth it. Sometimes people are looking to get back at the narcissist. It's a losing battle. I say just cut your losses and just back away. It may be hard, but you will get through it. Um, if you're going through this or if someone you know is going through this, understand there is light at the end of the tunnel. You just have to push through and get out and start working on you. And that's it for this episode. I hope this was helpful for you. Um, and good luck. And until next time, take care. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Dating While Black. If you have a show idea or a suggestion, please reach out to us at info at datingwhileblack.org. This show was brought to you in part by Blush Bartending, Kitty Paw Shoes, Brunch and Body, and the Hunt Dallas.
To find out more about Dating While Black, please check us out on all social media platforms. You can also visit our website at www.datingwhileblack.org. We appreciate your support. And as always, put a big smile on someone's face and go love on someone. <laughs>